Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Igniting Hearts with Benjamin and Tara Dietrich. We've been doing this series on maintaining our spiritual fervor, maintaining our fire. And one of the things we felt was important was to teach on how to maintain and steward a word that we receive from the Lord. Many of you have received dreams and visions and words from the Lord, and you want to stoke that spiritual fire and passion. The Bible even encourages us to war with our words, prophetic words, to maintain our prophetic words, to steward our prophetic words, to remember our prophetic words, even the spiritual gifts that were given us when hands were laid on us. And so many of you have received words like that, and it's important that you know know how to steward those words so they don't fall into the ground and die. And we felt that this could really be a benefit to you. Yeah, this is going to be such a pivotal teaching and podcast that we just want to release over you. Benjamin did a teaching on this many years ago, and it has changed my life. It has changed the way that I have thought about prophecy and the prophetic words that I've received over my life and how I steward those prophetic words over my life. So I am so excited even to see you guys come to the next level when it comes to the prophetic words and destiny over your life. So we want you to just tune in right now. If you're in a place that you can pull out your Bible and a notepad and take notes, that would be awesome. But if you're driving, don't do that. (laughs) Just receive and be blessed. So here we go. This is responding to and stewarding the word of the Lord to us. So here's a few things which I felt were key for us to steward and respond to the word of the Lord. So the word of the Lord doesn't go into the ground and is lost, but that we steward it and we respond to it appropriately. And we know how to do that. So a few things which I felt were key. So I want to say this about prophetic words, okay, as we start and talk about stewarding and responding to this word of the Lord. Number one, there's a difference between the revealed will of God and the revelatory will of God. The revealed will of God is the Bible. And we need to make sure that we are living according to the revealed will of God. The revelatory will of God or prophecy is never to contradict the revealed will of God or the Bible. And if we are not faithful to steward the revealed will of God or the Bible, we will not know properly how to steward the revelatory or the prophetic word of God. So I think that's very important for us as we start as a foundation as we delve into this. Number two, what I want to say is we are to steward the word of the Lord when it comes. When there's a prophetic utterance and we believe that it is the word of the Lord, we need to be responsible to steward that. First Peter 4 and verse 10 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I love that. I love how the NIV puts that. I'm going to read that again. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Stewardship is an ethic that embodies the responsible planning and management of resources. The concepts of stewardship can be applied to the environment and nature, economics, health, property, information, theology, cultural resources, etc. And so if we believe that stewardship is an ethic of being responsible to manage resources, and if we believe that the prophetic is an expression of the grace of God, then when the prophetic word comes, we need to be faithful stewards of that kingdom resource 
to manage it properly. So I think that's very important for us. We are to steward the word of the Lord when it comes. We are to grow the word of the Lord and be responsible to respond to the word of the Lord when it comes and not just bury it in the ground and see it die. Let's read Matthew 25, 14 to 30. This is the parable of the talents. Verse 14, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. So the word of the Lord will come to us according to our ability, and I think that's important to note. Then he, the master, went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. Master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24, He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. See, now there, right away, he did not understand the character and nature of the master or of the heart of God. And I love that the one that received the five talents and the two talents, they they multiplied what was given to them. And I believe as we steward the prophetic word of the Lord, we are to multiply, not just steward and not just keep or maintain, but we're to multiply the word that is given to us, okay? Verse 24, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. See, the master's always looking for growth. He's never looking for just maintaining what we have or what is given. He's always looking for kingdom multiplication. If it's of the kingdom, it will multiply. I'll say that again. If it's of the kingdom, it will multiply. There is a multiplication principle sown into anything that is truly of the kingdom. Verse 28, So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So many times when the prophetic word comes to a church or a person, it feels good. We respond to it in our emotions, we get excited, we get fired up, but then we let the word fall into the ground because we don't steward it appropriately. We need to be faithful stewards. I believe as we steward the word of the Lord that comes to us, and as we fulfill the word of the Lord that comes to us, anything that is of God will be fulfilled through the people of God. Then God will release more and more and more to us. But if we don't steward what we have, I don't believe I can in good conscience expect another 
another word or another prophetic utterance to come because we weren't and I wasn't a faithful steward of what came the first time, if that makes sense. There's all kinds of possibilities, but it's important that in those possibilities, we steward those possibilities by taking the appropriate action and approaching the word of the Lord with the appropriate mindset. And so let me look at one other thing with you before we go on to something else. When we receive the word, we have to believe it with faith. Believe it with faith. Hebrews 4, 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So this word that has come forth, we have got to mix this with faith if we were to see this come to pass in the way that God desires. Let's look at something else. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so without faith, it is impossible to steward this word. Without faith, it is impossible to see this word be manifest. And without faith, it is impossible to live a life and conduct ourselves in a way that pleases God. And I know that is our chief aim and goal that we would live a life that is pleasing unto the Lord. In Leviticus, there was three aspects of the sacrifice that was pleasing to God. But all of those aspects actually served one specific aspect. The Bible says in Leviticus that there was the altar, there was the fire, and there was the sacrifice. But then the altar and the fire and the sacrifice worked together to release something that was called the aroma. And that aroma, it says, came up before the Lord a pleasing incense, a pleasing fragrance, an aroma that filled him with pleasure. And so the structure is the altar. You and I are the sacrifice that is placed in that structure. The fire is Holy Spirit. When those things work together and our lives are consumed with the fire of Holy Spirit, we release an aroma that is pleasing to him. And so faith is what is mixed with that so that it is possible for us to relive a life that is pleasing unto God. And also with the word of the Lord, if we don't mix the word of the Lord that is given to us with faith, we will not see that come to pass. And as I said earlier, it'll fall into the ground and will not produce the fruit that God desires it to produce. Now let's look here, Luke 1, 37 to 38. It says this, for with God nothing will be impossible, or for with God no thing will be impossible. You'll see why I said it that way in a minute. Then Mary said, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Again, talking about faith. And the angel departed from her. That word, thing, for with God no thing will be impossible. It's really not the best translation because it actually, that word thing is the word rhema. No thing and then let it be unto me according to your word that Mary says in verse 38. They're both the same word. That word is rhema and rhema is the inspired word of God or what we would call the prophetic revelation that proceeds from God. When we receive the word of the Lord in faith and believe it without doubting, we bring forth 
forth the word. We birth it just as Mary did. But we've got to mix the word with faith. We've got to say, God, no rhema is impossible with you. No word that you birth is impossible with you. And if we receive that word into us, and if we will steward that, the Bible says in another place that Mary treasured all of these things in her heart. What are these things? These things are the word of the Lord that was spoken to her. And then literally the word of the Lord began to grow in her as the presence of the Lord overshadowed her and she conceived and gave birth to the Son of God. But we've got to understand that no rhema, no word of the Lord is impossible when it is his word, his revelatory inspired word. But we've still got to mix that with faith and say like Mary, be it unto us according to your rhema, according to your word for us. We've got to mix this with faith. And the easiest way to partner with the word of the Lord in faith is to pray, to steward things in prayer. I believe this is so important for us. So how are we going to steward these words? We're going to do everything I've already talked about in this teaching, but also friends, we are going to pray. We are going to partner with the word of the Lord in faith, properly stewarding, multiplying the word just like in the parable of the talents but also we are going to birth it in prayer and to steward things in prayer prayer births things it is the womb of destiny let's look at something else now we also war with the prophetic word of the lord first timothy 1 and verse 18 and this is the new living translation and then i'll read it in the english standard the esv translation 1 Timothy 1 and 18, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you. Based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. I love that. Here's the ESV. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So when we have the word of the Lord, when we have this word that is spoken, this prophetic word of the Lord, this revelatory word of the Lord, this rhema word of the Lord that Luke one thirty seven says is not impossible. Nothing that is rhema from God is impossible. If we'll mix it in faith, if we'll steward it, if we'll multiply it, if we'll pray it through and birth it in the womb of destiny, which is called prayer, okay, then we take those words and there will come opposition. Why do we have to war with the word of the Lord? Because there will be opposition to every rhema. There will be opposition to every word of the Lord that is from the Lord. But literally, we are given that word of the Lord as a weapon in our hand. I think it's interesting why the word in the armor of God in Ephesians is described as a sword. And so we take that word, that rhema, and we mix it with the logos, the written word of the Lord, and we war with that prophetic word to see it come to pass as we're stewarding it appropriately and mixing it with faith. Second Peter 1 and 19 says this, and we have the word of prophecy made more sure whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Here's the Amplified, that was the ASV. So we have the prophetic word made more certain that you do well to pay close attention to. I love that. So friends, we are gonna do well to pay close attention to the prophetic words that were spoken and see a greater level of intentionality in stewarding the word of the Lord come to us as a body. Pay close attention to it as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and light breaks through the gloom and the morning star arises in your hearts. Hallelujah. Steward, multiply, mix with faith, pray, 
and war with these words, okay? However, we are also going to need in that great humility because sometimes that doesn't happen in the timeline that we think and we're gonna have to have the heart of a servant in that and that is what God looks for in each of us which links to Philippians 2, 5 to 11. This is the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a servant and was born as a human being. This is the New Living Translation. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In order for us to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish, we need to have the mindset of humility and the heart of a servant, each of us being willing to do what is necessary and needful so that the entire body in unity moves forward and builds itself up in love. Finally, as I close, in order to accomplish all of what God has called us to accomplish, we need unity. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 6 says this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. Verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built. I love that. It's present tense. (laughs) We are all being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And I believe that this is the unity that God is looking for, the heart of a servant, humility, deep and genuine love for one another that will release a unity. And in this unity, that's the part where we get to the fresh wind. Wind in the Bible speaks of many things, but usually, friends, and this is exciting, it speaks of the supernatural. Noah, with the account of Noah, a wind removed the water in Genesis 8 and verse 1. Moses, a wind drove back the sea in Exodus 14. In the wilderness, a wind brought quail and provision in Numbers 11 and 31. Matthew 14, Jesus speaks to the wind, the voice of the Lord that has authority over the wind. And then that voice, the sound of the Lord manifests in Acts chapter 2, which sounds like a wind. It wasn't a wind, but it sounds like a wind. The wind means movement. It means manifestation. It means miracles. And now is the time for that fresh wind to blow. Even as it was in the account of Noah, when there was all this desolation and there was this flood, there was this deluge of desolation. We've been living in a time like that, a pandemic, economic upheaval, family upheaval, death, grief, sadness, all kinds of desolation, not just in America, but in the nations of the earth. And I believe that in the midst of that, I'm not saying that challenge is necessarily going away, but in the midst of that, the people of God are going to catch a fresh wind, which will then cause them to cross over, even as that fresh wind in Exodus chapter 14 caused the people of God to cross over and through the Red Sea and then swallowed up their 
their enemies after the people of God had crossed over, even as the quail was brought on a fresh wind in Numbers 11 and verse 31, God is releasing a fresh wind to his people that is going to release movement, manifestation, and miracles. I believe that now is the time we are to be faithful stewards. We are to steward the word. We are to mix the word with faith. We are to manage the word appropriately and to multiply the word. We are to pray the word into existence, to birth it through the womb of destiny, which is called prayer. We are to war with the word. We are to be those who are unified in this time, unified in heart, unified in humility, unified in a servanthood mindset. And that unity will release a fresh wind, a wind that means movement, a wind that means manifestation, a wind that means miracles. Now is the time and you are the people. Let us steward the word of the Lord appropriately, multiplying and bringing to manifestation everything that God has said. God bless you. I hope this has been a blessing to you. So friends, thank you for joining us for this and sticking with us through it. We know it's a little bit longer today, but we felt it was so important because God has given you so much and we want to see you maximize your potential in stewarding that word from the Lord. We will see you again next time for another episode of Igniting Hearts with Benjamin and Tara Dietrich. We hope this has been a blessing to your life. And again, we want to hear from you, especially regarding this teaching. Please leave a review, like it, share it, and let us know how this particular teaching has touched and impacted your life.